0: Welcome back to Storytime with M. This is a bonus episode from M's Books and Cats podcast, where I'm sharing my book Super Jim, a chapter or sometimes two a week. And this week is a double chapter week. Now, quick reminder, Super Jim contains mature content that could be triggering for some people, so listen with caution. Otherwise, please enjoy chapters 23 and 24 of Super Jim. Maggie's eyes flew open. She sucked in a deep lungful of air and sat up. The room was a blur. Hands pushed her back down. Whoa, there she is. Give it another minute. Just breathe. She didn't know the voice. The room was coming into focus. Bright fluorescent lights. White walls. The metal table under her was cold. Maggie shivered. What now? A different voice. A girl's voice. It trembled. She was afraid. A hand came into view. Maggie couldn't see what they were doing. The first voice replied. Hand me the needle. Not that one. The long one. The girl replied, but it was a murmur. Maggie couldn't understand her. Hands moved. Something silver flashed in the blinding light. There was a sharp pinch on her arm. It felt cold. Then she was falling. The table was gone, and she was falling faster and faster. Maggie braced for impact. She woke with a start and found herself seated in a straight-back chair in a strange gym. It was not one of the super gyms. It was too sterile. Gray machines, gray walls, long gray pipes snaked down from the ceiling. Frayed black and red cables poked out of the pipes. Andy attached the cables to a treadmill, and the machine came to life. It beeped and the belt began to move. It whirred faster and faster. Kylie appeared at Maggie's side and grabbed her arm. She hoisted her out of the chair and gave her a push toward the winding machine. Maggie stumbled and caught herself on the handrail. The belt was moving too fast. Get on. Kylie's eyes were dark. Over her shoulder, Andy was grinning. I can't. It's going too fast. Kylie grabbed a handful of Maggie's hair and pulled. Hard. Maggie felt the hairs tearing out of her skin. She yelped and Andy laughed. Kylie didn't find it quite so humorous. She yanked Maggie close. I don't accept the word can't. Get on. She placed her hand in the center of Maggie's back and pushed. Maggie stumbled onto the machine and scrambled to make her legs move. Level eight. They were starting her on level eight. Kylie walked around to the front of the machine. She smiled at Maggie. She motioned for Andy to join her, and they stood with their arms around each other, watching Maggie struggle. Kylie sighed contentedly. I can't tell you how happy this makes me. You don't know how long I've hated you. How many years I have waited for this moment. Andy gave her a squeeze, and Kylie flashed her a beaming smile. Welcome to your new home, Maggie. Do you like it? Maggie knew not to answer. Kylie's smile grew bigger. Your new identity is T4200. You have no name. You are nothing but a number. Don't forget it. You will run. All day. Every day. What about bathroom breaks? Andy laughed. Kylie grinned. She was showing too much teeth. It made her look feral. No need to worry about that. The machine takes care of everything. There are no breaks here where am i they started to laugh and maggie shivered they shrieked and doubled over slapping their hands on their thighs kylie's thighs jiggled she would have to take care of that you're as bad as mr pratt maggie's feet tangled beneath her she tripped and went down hard the belt flung her off and into the machine behind her her head bounced off the floor and she saw stars this caused a new wave of laughter from kylie and andy They held their sides and howled. They stood over her as they tried to contain their mirth. Andy was breathing hard, and an occasional giggle still slipped out. Kylie recovered much faster. She narrowed her eyes at Maggie and kicked her swiftly in the ribs. Pain exploded inside her, and she felt the bones crack. Kylie knelt beside her. I thought you would have figured it out by now. I mean, come on. You're not that dumb. She stood up and gestured grandly to the gray, mechanical monsters that surrounded them. Welcome to Fat Camp, Camper T 4200. Andy dragged Maggie back to her feet. Back on the treadmill. No brakes at Fat Camp. Get on there and keep running. Run till you die. She lifted Maggie onto the treadmill and held her in place until Maggie's feet caught up with the belt. Maggie marveled at the woman's strength. Andy removed her hands and Maggie grabbed the sides. Her toe caught on the belt and she stumbled. She did not fall. Her legs ached. Every muscle was burning. But she was holding on. Kylie and Andy turned their backs to her and began walking away. Kylie paused briefly in the doorway and looked over her shoulder at Maggie. Is this everything you thought it would be, Maggie? Maggie couldn't respond. She couldn't breathe. Her face was flushed. Sweat stung her eyes. Kylie laughed quietly and shook her head in disbelief. You really thought it would be better over here, like a fairy tale? Everything on the other side of the wall is good and pretty and nice. It balances out the evil on our side. Is that what you actually thought? Maggie's chest was tight. She couldn't get enough air. Her hand was tingling. The thing is, she was coming closer. Maggie's hand was burning. You think there's a line. Good on one side, bad on the other. That's not how it is. Good and bad are meaningless words. What's good for me may not be so good for you. She smirked. You were so focused on getting to the other side of the wall. Did you really not know what was over here? Where did you think Fat Camp was? Maggie had never considered it. Everyone said it was in an old mill on the edge of the city limits. It was in the beginning. We've had to... She thought about it for a moment. Expand the operation since then. Maggie didn't plan it. Her hand flew up to her throat. She felt the heat and heard the distinct zap of electricity. It blasted her off the treadmill and threw her into a little old man who was jogging feebly on the machine nearby. She had not noticed him before. They fell in a tangle and maggie heard a crack the man cried out and grabbed his leg his thigh was bent at a bad angle and his high thin wail pierced her the room was swooping around her andy and kylie were colorful blobs moving toward her she tried to raise a hand to fight but it was weighted down as if stuck to the floor andy's voice suddenly emerged from the din out cold what do we do now leave her here for the counselors i'm sick of her i have better things to do I have to run the super gyms. In honor of Daddy. Your father would be so proud. I know, right? They left her there. The old man was still wailing, but they did not acknowledge him. Someone else would take care of them. The counselors. Maggie had heard the rumors. Everyone had. The counselors were trainer rejects, strong but unable to attain the ideal. They were full of hate and thrived on inflicting pain. Every year, the tales of Fat Camp's bloodthirsty counselors grew more embellished, more terrible. Maggie didn't believe they were true. They couldn't be. There couldn't be a place more violent and degrading than the Super gyms. There couldn't be anyone more heartless and cruel than the trainers. She had always secretly believed that Fat Camp didn't really exist, that it was a cover for the real truth that there was nothing after the Super Gyms. If you didn't lose weight, if you didn't follow your plan, you died. It was the supergym slogan, get fit or die trying. The counselors appeared swiftly, muscles bulging, disfigured faces leering above her. Large hands roughly pulled her away from the old man. He was shrieking. A counselor punched him in the face. His jaw made a horrible crunching sound, and he fell silent he dropped back onto the floor. The smaller of the two Goliaths grabbed his feet and dragged him past the rows of treadmills and out of sight. A hulking mass of muscles stood over her. His skin was coppery and slashed with thick, dark scars. He licked his lips. Drool hung from one corner of his twisted mouth. Maggie watched with mute horror as it dripped down onto her leg. She tried not to scream. Her counselor used his rough, calloused hand to wipe away the mucus. He was missing three fingers, and the others were short stubs. His deformed hand continued up the length of her body. She tried to roll away from his touch, but he was too quick. His massive arms wrapped around her, her ribs cracked, air rushed out of her lungs. Bright points of light danced before her eyes. No use run, he grunted. Nowhere to go. He threw her over his shoulder and lumbered away. His grip tightened. Maggie gasped and fought for air. The harder she fought, the tighter he held her. She was already weak. She didn't have the energy for a struggle. She let her body go limp and gave into the darkness. Chapter 24 Maggie had a friend once, before that kind of thing was abolished before personal relationships became punishable by death. Her name was Clara. She was beautiful. Thin, tan, blonde. The whole package. She was so close to the ideal that Mr. Pratt had spoken of sending her to his cleansing program, a training camp for future trainers. Clara had been ecstatic. She talked about nothing else for weeks. Maggie tried to be happy for her, but in the deepest part of her being, she was angry. A black ball of jealousy burned in the pit of her stomach, and she began avoiding her friend whenever she could. She loved Clara. She wanted to be just like her. Wanted her life. But it was impossible. Maggie knew she'd never be thinner or taller or tan. She'd never be beautiful. Their friendship was over. Maggie knew it. Clara did not. Clara's cleansing program lasted two weeks, On the day she left, she kissed Maggie goodbye. Her eyes were bright. Her perfect white smile lit her flawless face. Maggie wanted to hit her. She envisioned her fist connecting. She heard the snap of broken teeth. She clasped her hands together tightly and watched her friend climb into a rickshaw. She squeezed in between Mr. Pratt and Thor. They each placed a possessive hand on her knees. She waved one more time, flashed her brilliant, unbroken smile, and was gone. Clara had not been the same when she returned two weeks later. Maggie had expected that Clara would change, but she was dumbfounded when she saw her. Physically, Clara looked the same. She was a little browner, her hair was a little more blonde, almost white, and pulled back into a high ponytail. Her arms were a little thinner. She was clad in a tight, revealing trainer uniform, and her nails were painted green and purple. She was even more beautiful than Maggie remembered. Except for her eyes. Her brilliant blue eyes were now dark, the color of soot. Tiny wrinkles showed at the corners. Though she wore a constant smile, her eyes were dull. There was no light left in them. No life. She looked through things and seemed incapable of focusing on what was in front of her. Maggie always had the unnerving feeling that Clara was looking at something beyond her. One night, about a week after Clara's return, Maggie heard a quiet knocking on her door. It was after lights out, and she was living with Monica at the time. Monica was snoring softly in her bed. Ever the perfect client, she fell into a heavy sleep the moment the lights went out and never woke until the morning bell. Maggie padded quietly to the door. Clara stood in the hallway. Her eyes were red rimmed and wild. They rolled around and never quite stopped to focus on anything. She grabbed Maggie's arm in a painfully tight grip and yanked her into the hall. She didn't speak. Maggie was afraid to ask where they were going. She'd snuck out a few times before, but she was still new to rule-breaking. Her heart hammered in her chest as she tripped and stumbled after Clara, whose fingers were still dug deep into the flesh of her arm. Down the stairs and out into the night, Clara dragged her through an alley and shoved her behind a pile of old mattresses. They stunk of soiled bodies and something else, a sharp metallic scent that made Maggie gag and throw her hand over her nose. She recoiled and tried to pull away, but Clara was diving under one of the sagging mattresses. She still hadn't released her grip on Maggie's arm, and she pulled her into the fetid pile. Behind the mattresses was a small door. The cement wall of the building had been chipped away, and a wooden door had been fitted into the hole. Clara pushed on it. It didn't budge. Something cold and slick slid down Maggie's cheek, and she stifled a scream. Clara let go of her arm and threw her weight against the door. It gave way, and she tumbled into the darkness beyond. Maggie crept forward. The smell from the mattresses was overwhelming, and she fought the urge to turn and run. Her curiosity was piqued. Clara turned on a small, battery-powered lamp. The room was filled with trash. Old treadmills, broken punching bags, and rotten yoga mats filled the space. Clara sat on the dirt-covered floor near a rusty pile of weights. Her face was dirty and streaked with tears. Her hands clawed absently at the dirt, and she shivered violently. Maggie went to her and wrapped an arm around her trembling shoulders. Clara didn't look at her. She was staring at the wall, or maybe through it. Her eyes had the same dull look. It seemed to cut through the cement to something horrible that Maggie could not see. They sat in silence for a long time. The room was hot and oppressive. The air was stale, but it smelled better than the mattresses. Maggie was grateful for that. Though she held Clara, there was a distance between them. Maggie couldn't shake the overwhelming feeling that her friend was dead. Her body was there, solid under Maggie's hands, but there was nothing else. It's terrible. Clara's voice was strained, quiet. It's terrible. She didn't move. Her eyes continued to stare into nothing. Her body trembled. Her voice was dry and cracked. Emotionless. It's... She took a deep breath. Terrible. What? What's terrible? Clara. Maggie was shaking her. She hadn't realized it until now. Clara didn't respond. She didn't seem to notice. She just kept staring through the wall. Maggie let go and backed away from her friend. What's wrong, Clara? What's terrible? No response. A long, tense silence settled around them once again. Maggie could feel panic welling up inside her. She wanted to scream. She wanted to cry. She wanted to laugh because it was all so absurd. She did nothing. She was afraid of what would happen if she did. Then Clara laughed. Only that wasn't the right word. The sound was high-pitched and desperate. The sound of a wounded animal. A cackle. She turned her head slowly to look at Maggie. No, not at her. Through her. Her eyes were pools of ink. Tears continued to leak down her face. It's terrible. Maggie touched her arm. What is? Clara's hands grabbed her roughly and held on. Her green and purple nails drew blood. Her eyes focused on Maggie for just a moment. All of it. ''There are monsters, Maggie. The monsters are real. You think the trainers are bad, but they are worse. So much worse.'' Her frantic voice died down. The last words escaped in a resigned sigh. She held on tight to Maggie's arm. Little pools of blood were forming under her nails. Maggie tried to loosen her grasp, but Clara clung on even tighter. ''They are the end. They are warped. Not perfect.'' Not ideals. They are death, and we are the Reapers. I don't understand, Clara. Who? Clara looked into Maggie's eyes. Maggie thought she saw a brief flicker of blue, of her friend. Then she looked away and shuddered. They are terrible. They are terrible. Who? Who's terrible? Clara released Maggie's arm, her fingers scratched in the dirt the counselors. You mean Fat Camp? It actually exists? Have you seen it? Clara was staring at the wall again. She didn't respond. Her hands kept scratching at the dirt. Scritch, scritch, scritch. Over and over. Maggie wanted to scream. She snapped her fingers in Clara's face. Nothing. She didn't even blink. She looked into the space beyond the wall and swayed slightly. Her nails kept scratching, scritch, scritch. They dug faster. One nail tore loose, blood mixed with the dirt, but Clara didn't notice. She kept staring. Maggie stood up. She regarded her friend solemnly. The harsh light cast a shadow over her face. It's terrible. Her voice was soft and rasped like sandpaper. It's terrible. Maggie didn't know what to do. She reached out to touch her on the shoulder. Clara looked up at her suddenly and began to scream. Her eyes rolled back. The whites were streaked with tiny red veins. Her body spasmed violently. One hand shot out and grabbed Maggie's arm. Clara turned her face to Maggie. Her eyes were still haunting white emptiness. She flashed Maggie a bright smile and brought her head down hard on the stack of rusty weights. There was a sickening, wet crunch. Clara's hand slid away from Maggie's arm and fell heavily to her side. Blood pooled in the dirt, making a thick, black mud. Maggie couldn't move. She stared helplessly at the remains of her only friend. She could feel a scream bubbling up inside her. She had to go. Had to get back to her apartment unseen. But her feet remained anchored in place. She didn't want to leave Clara in that foul, unhappy room. Then she heard voices. Deep voices. They were in the alley just outside the door. She couldn't make out what they were saying. Her heart was thundering in her ears, but her feet were free. She edged cautiously toward the doorway. I saw them go down this alley. Maggie didn't recognize the voice. It was a low, snake-like hiss that sent chills up her spine. It wasn't a trainer. No trainer had a voice like that. The second voice she recognized immediately. Well, they're not here now. Go check the other alleys. Don't come back until you've found her. Thor. She'd know his deep, thunderous voice anywhere. Yes, boss. The first voice hissed. Maggie heard footsteps moving away. The alley was quiet, but she hesitated. There was a soft thump and the sound of a mattress being dragged away. Then Thor's voice, softer now but still resonant, spoke from just outside the door. Come on out, girls. Maggie didn't respond. She didn't move. She held her breath and waited. Thor sighed quietly. I know you're in there. Come out before it's too late. Maggie's eyes went to Clara. The dark puddle around her was larger now. Her body had slumped to one side and Maggie could see the white bone poking through the large gash on her forehead. Maggie's stomach tensed and heaved. She couldn't stop it. She vomited loudly onto a pile of tattered yoga mats. Thor's head appeared in the doorway. He slowly took in the scene and wrinkled his nose. This place stinks. Get out of here, Maggie. Now. Maggie didn't move. Thor rolled his eyes and heaved an exasperated sigh. Fine. Stay in there. I'm sure Jasper will be thrilled to be the one to find you. He will find you, Maggie. He'll sniff you out, and you'll be trapped in here. You'll be lucky if he brings you to Mr. Pratt. Jasper likes to dole out his own punishments. So do you. Maggie was shocked to hear her own voice. She had never dared to speak to Thor, and she hated that her voice sounded so timid and weak. Thor grunted. I'm willing to look the other way. Just this once. We know Clara brought you here. His eyes glanced at her huddled mass. That one was mental. I told Mr. Pratt she wasn't ready. She wasn't trainer material. Not strong enough. He turned his gaze back to Maggie, and she felt her knees turn to jelly. Come on out. It's been a long night. I'll get you back to your apartment, and I won't tell Tessa. What about Mr. Pratt? Thor thought about it. I should tell him. It's my duty, and I owe him my life. But you're not a problem client. Obviously, you've got a lot of weight to lose, but I don't think you deserve fat camp. Not for this. He gestured to Clara, then extended his hand to her. Come on. I'll take care of everything. Maggie still hesitated. What about Clara? She's free now probably the luckiest of us all. Come on. Maggie squeezed through the doorway and pushed her way through the fetid mattresses. Thor wrapped a large hand over her shoulder. You know, you'd be pretty if you lost all that fat. She looked up at him and was astonished by his smile. His hand slid down her front and groped her breasts. She tried to move out of his grasp, but he slammed her against the wall and held her there with his body. Maggie heard the sound of pounding footsteps. Thor took a step back, and she darted away from him. Then she stopped short. A large shadow blocked the end of the alley. Yes, the voice hissed. You found them. Jasper advanced slowly down the alley. His massive form filled the space. One leg dragged behind him. Thor was right behind her now. Maggie was trapped. Duck, Thor called out, and Maggie dropped to the ground. A bright light illuminated Jasper's face, and he hissed. Maggie screamed. His face was a grotesque lump of scar tissue. One ear was partially melted. The other was a gaping hole on the side of his face. His lips parted in a sneer, and his black tongue darted in and out of his mouth. His eyes were narrow slits in the waxy flesh, but he shielded them with his gnarled hands. He was a monster. Thor threw himself on Jasper, They were equally as strong, and they stayed frozen in what could have been a lover's embrace. Their muscles strained. Veins popped. Maggie scrambled to her feet and darted down the alley. She turned as she reached the street and saw Thor go down. Jasper wrapped his hands around Thor's neck. His fingers dug deeply into the flesh. Thor clawed at his hands to no avail. You think you're better than me? Not so special now, are we, trainer? Maggie's chest grew tight. A wave of heat flooded over her. The world began to dip and swing, and she knew she was going to pass out. Her hands tingled. They burned. One hand shot out, and she fell into darkness. She awoke in her bed. The marks on her arm from Clara's nails were the only proof that it hadn't all just been a bad dream. She spent the day terrified they were coming for her, But it was a day like any other. Tessa put her through the same grueling workout. She ate the same small amount of food. The scale didn't budge. She briefly glimpsed Thor across the gym, but he didn't look in her direction. There were bruises on his neck. It wasn't a dream. The monsters were real. And that is the end of Chapter 24, Book Lovers. I hope you're still enjoying Super Gym. I will be back next week with a new chapter. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep reading.